Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. Um, you know, I'm a little bit sad today. How come? We, we are coming to the end of Daniel. Man, how long has it been? Not as long Not as a- John. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> one year. One year. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Almost exactly one, one year. year. Which, I mean, you know, what a year it has been mm-hmm. to be studying Daniel's 12 months, 12 faith. chapters. What a providential topic. That's awesome. Nice. Oh, I can't yeah. believe we actually did that. Um, but... Uh, yeah, faith faith in exile has been a a good study for 2020, and um, <laughs> though I'm glad 2020 is coming to a close, it's it's you know it's going to be a little hard to move on from Daniel. Yep, no doubt. Um, but we must. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about Chris. Um, before we get into where we're going next, um, you had you had a lot of really good fun announcements this this sunday one of them was that uh yeah. we've got the the leadership board nominations in yep. and um that's um i you know like i think i had, i you sent us an uh, email that had the names on it um and i had looked at that and i was like yeah those all look good but some about you reading them during the service on no. sunday i was like oh my like i i don't think that it had fully hit me the the names that are on that list like this is I believe you said, throw them all in a hat and draw one. Yeah, I don't. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know that I'm gonna be able to choose three out of that. It, it was interesting. Ginger and I talked about like who we would vote for, and I mean it was based entirely on just yeah, kind of who we know best. And there, there was even almost like I don't know they've they've got a lot going on. Maybe we shouldn't vote for them. <laughs> I mean it was <laughs> it was like a mercy. It was like <laughs> involved with. I'm not gonna vote for I'm them. Gonna vote they, for them. They I don't way too much going on. It'll be my fault that they're on the leadership board. That they get stuck there. I mean it's a. <laughs> it was it's really weird, but it was it was nothing based on. Well, I don't know if this one's ready or if this one's appropriate. Or, no. There was none of that. Yeah, none of them. I don't. <clears throat> I don't think I would ever. Uh, I would be able to say that about. But that, I mean, it's really cool. It's I. It's such a. Uh, encouraging thing mm-hmm. inside of inside of this that um, we've got, and you know there are plenty of names that weren't on there, and I don't know if just people um, didn't want to serve right now, didn't feel like they could, or well, one like so I'll, I'll say his name. I think it's okay, Perry Edwards, who's on now. Yeah, and he said the reason he didn't put his name back in the nomination because he was asked if he wanted to, and he said yeah. no because of who's already nominated. Mm. He was like, "What's the?" Why would I need to compete with these people right. for this spot? And I was like, man, that's a. It wasn't. I'm not willing yeah. to serve. It was. Well, if if these people are there available to serve, there's no reason for me to try to right. take a slot from one of them. So anyway, that's. Yep. It just all around. It's just it's just fun to work here. It's a good place to be a pastor. It's not that bad. Yeah. Um. And then. Uh, Probably the the most celebrated news that you shared on on Sunday was the fact that we've hit the 150. Yeah, which wow. is, I mean, huge. that would be an applause button. Do you know which one's the applause button? Probably crickets. Not. It's gonna be crickets. Oh, oh that one's on there. That too. one's on there too. I know. Anyway, no, no, <laughs> no we're definitely not. Yeah. No with the turning of the page. 
That's what Hold I on, I know what it is now. <laughs> oh, turning the page. Oh. That's what you went with that. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, that's good. That's well, always what I... I it was a ding. Turn the page. And now turn the page. But we reached the 150. Yay. Yay. <laughs> oh, man. That thing okay, is sorry, just y'all. hours of entertainment, um, <laughs> which we'll spare you from. <laughs> but yeah, like that's been a long time coming um, yep. for... for not only uh, reaching the 150, but I mean, even more so, re- uh, getting back to being able to open up all of these programs. Yep. And still not all still the not, way there for still children. Still not all the way open Halfway. for children. But you know that the the children's programming to um, make sure that we we're spaced out the way that we're supposed to be, um, yep. or at least trying to be. Like it's that's that's a necessary thing anyway. Yep, that's a fun celebration. I'm excited about it. Did y'all get to celebrate that at all at D now, Paul? Did no. It, yeah. Was it? It wasn't mentioned. No, not for the students. Okay. We should have figured out a way to do that. Maybe when we were all on the call together. Especially since the students are probably the main benefactors, main benefactors of all that because yeah. their whole thing opens up. Yep. Yeah. Sunday morning opens up for them 100. percent Man, things that we just don't. <laughs> anyway. They were yep. excited, nonetheless. They were so, excited to yeah. be there. So on the 14th, I um, know the leaders were super excited. Yeah. That that did you know, mm-hmm. and you had mentioned it. I mean, you had mentioned leaders were for student ministry were prepared and ready. Oh, for get, yeah, almost yeah. from day one, mm-hmm. almost for a year, they would have been yeah. ready to do it. Yeah. And Except that was a big. The, so there was nowhere for their children to go. Right. So that's it. It all. One of the rules of working in church that all of us have learned, kind of the hard way, is everything depends. On everything everything depends on everything else. Everything is interconnected. Mm-hmm. And certainly for uh, John Sturrock, I mean, there was, if he was here, he would tell you the same thing. There, he His soul was just comforted to watch a group of students back together worshiping. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, you know, again, this wasn't the normal D-Now um, right. kind of style, and they kind of had to adapt and do something different. But he was just so glad to see students gather and try. And, I mean, again, even with trying to separate family groups and keep some distance and then wearing masks, you know, when we're entering buildings and all different things, all the accommodations that they made this weekend. I mean, it was like well worth it just to do something, Mm. something together and see the students. And so, yeah, anyways, and it was a good weekend. It was a good time. Good. Was the teacher okay? Uh, I mean, you know, struggled, a little shaky, you know, probably going to get some letters in the mail. Stop it. (laughs) That kind of stuff. But, Oh, oh, hey, got man. the right one. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. I'm looking at the chart right now. Which which. Paul was the speaker, if you didn't know. <laughs> He's yeah. being self-deprecating. Yeah, I was going right. to say. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my that was gosh. one of my points the, for the first night. I had to teach students what deprecating means. Yeah, oh, that's cool. But anyways, but yeah, we did. We talked about uh, heroes of the faith, and I know that that's going to probably tie into... Oh, next week. Next week. Hebrews 11. What well, would have probably happened supposed to be week. this week. Yeah. yeah, but we had so much. There were big news. There were a good 20 minutes of announcements there. Yep. Yep. And doing it right. Didn't want to, just didn't didn't want to cheapen on any of them. No. Go full out on all of them. Absolutely not. He, Hebrews 11 is one of those that I had heard, I think, uh, well, actually 12. Heard 12 taught wrong so many different times that... That it's one of the ones I love teaching now because I love teaching through when it talks about the great cloud of witnesses. And yep. I had so many people talk about that as we're walking around here right now and all the people in heaven are watching us, mm. that we have this cloud of witnesses. 
And and I was like, I remember even as a young person you thinking, mean like, like in a I punitive way. I, I don't. It was a little bit of a Santa Clausy way. Was the way it was taught to me was like, hey, better be nice, not naughty, because yeah. he's looking over your yeah, King David's shoulder. watching you and yeah, no. Mary, so, the mother of Jesus, and we actually in our um, in my parents' house we have a uh, we have the great cloud of witnesses verse um, with all of the pictures of um, our our heroes um, who have gone already um, oh, nice. in our lifetime. Oh, like, that's a cool idea around that verse. So I mean, we've got we've got quite a few that have made a huge impact on our family, and all of their pictures are around that verse. Wow, that's cool. I like that idea. It's a, it's a, it. Can I mean, you it's, take a it's picture a, of that. Yeah, I'll try to. Let's use it Sunday because yeah. I can use it Sunday. Um, Spoiler alert: going to be using John's <laughs> photo spread. It's a. It's just one of those things that, it, to me, Dad always talked about it as a very encouraging thing. Oh yeah, because it, I mean, you're being cheered on. Yeah, but it's a. As as I'll teach Sunday, I think Hebrews eleven is creating a basically a courtroom picture and that these are literally witnesses. Uh-huh. And so I'll, I'll unpack that on Sunday, but that literally since there is, there are so many witnesses to the fact that you can follow God and trust him and put faith in him, even if you don't understand everything he's doing, mm. that there's a whole bl- list of those. And so since that's true, we don't have an excuse to not trust him, even if we don't understand everything about what he's doing. Yeah, because it is. It's Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. That's right. And so he's the one who's made their faith count. Right. Yeah. It's a it's such a great picture. Anyway, I'm I'm really looking forward to unpacking that and then really creating a an, an image of the Okay, here's a question I've got for the two of you for, for the three of you guys if you've thought about it is do you think the two judgments described biblically the great white throne judgment and the Bema seat judgment, are they two independent judgments? As in, like, are there two totally different events? Or do they, is it a simultaneous, like, okay, you come up, we decide right now which one you are, wheat, tear, sheep, goats, and we evaluate your life? Or is it we evaluate your life, and at the end of that we go, hey, you did a lot of good stuff, but I don't know you? Right. So you're over here. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't, is there a separation? Yeah. And then you get to the next stage and it's like, okay, round two. Right. Let's do this again. Now that we've kind of gotten rid of all the riffraff type. Mentality. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I don't, I mean, I, I really, it, it is clear that there is multiple kind of, I guess, points of judgment. Right. Right. There, there's going to be, you know, this is again, when we talked back in the books, there's a, apparently there's a whole lot of books. Right, right. The Revelation passage, mm-hmm. the books, books. Yeah, and so it's like, and then the book, and then the book. If that's again, so I think do you that's start the same with, delineation? Do you start with the book, right, and then go to the books? Do you start with the books and then go to the book? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a part of it that it, in my mind I've always, and I don't know if this is just because it's been so like taught from one passage and then another passage, and, and like everything kind of pushed together and not separated out that in my mind there was, there was never a separation between them that it, it was, I don't know how it's integrated, but right. But that there would be, a, it would be a continual like from, I, it, it would just keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it seems like that's most of, of heaven is, is one long. Well, and yeah, 
because again, you may even if this judgment part is stretched out and it takes yeah. ten thousand years to do for all these people, yeah, it would be yeah, like, not like there's a rush. Not like there's a rush. There's a, just a blip. It's a yeah. blip. We're talking about eternity. No big deal. Because I think the other the other side of this coin too is also and and probably particularly important to your message in Daniel twelve is also how how does the judgment and the fulfillment during the millennial of the Jewish people fall yeah. into this? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't even know what to t- how to touch that. Because really, and I mean, this is 12 sets up, at least communicating to Daniel, that this is about his people, about yeah. Daniel's people, about God's chosen race, Israel. Because yep. um, it says, you know, again, but at the time your people shall be delivered um, and it repeats this phrase, and one, two, Michael, who's there, is the prince in charge of your mm-hmm. people. So this clearly is, first and foremost, for the Jews. Yes. Yep. And so, again, now then that we know, as we would get to, you know, the New Testament, there is no such de- delineation, male, female, Greek, Jew. Right. You know, all are one in the body of Christ. But yet there's still something of God's not done with his people. And so I know there's a lot of you know, kind of separation of, so when does that happen? How does, oh, yeah. is that a, again, a, a different judgment? And now yeah. then we're welcomed in and I get it. That's a much bigger, that's a really big in, in like kind of the more intense theological circles. That's a much bigger division than I think the vast majority of Christians. I think most Christians, if you ask them like, so to what, do, in what way are we God's people, the church? Mm-hmm. In what ways yeah. are Jews, God's people, the Jewish people? Yeah. And, and how do you mix those together? Mm-hmm. And I think the vast majority of Christians would say, like, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know, they just mix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think there'd be some yeah. version, and, which, by the way, is totally appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. And because you can study it, I've known men who studied it their lifetimes, and they still come away with kind of like, well, I think it's like this, but... Mm-hmm. And I had, I had a professor, and I think I told you all this, I even said this on the podcast, Tommy Lee was my revelation pastor, a revelation professor, and Daniel, he taught both. And uh, he was pretty strong on the replacement theory. I mean, mm-hmm. he pretty strongly thought that the church had church. replaced Israel. Mm-hmm. He would say all the all the Hebrew text passages, like this one, that we are Daniel's people. Yep, and that Michael covers the church now. Not is like that. All that transitioned. We replaced, mm. and he certainly believed that much more strongly than I have been able, or, or much more universally than I have ever been able to make my brain work. Mm-hmm. But when he had to leave for cancer treatment from class, he sent a professor who was 100% the opposite, hard-line, dispensational, essentially taught that the church is kind of God's girlfriend that he chose to make his real wife, Israel, jealous. Mm. And, and and it's I'm almost quoting him with mm-hmm. that. And yeah. it was like, wow. I mean, you. which, by the way, was one of the things I loved about my seminary experience was the professor's None of them felt like they were kind of God's gift to the one answer. It was when Dr. Lee had to leave class, he did not choose someone who had his the same beliefs to replace him. He chose someone completely different from over. Actually, it was was a DTS professor who came over to Southwestern to teach the class. Mm. And they were good friends. But um, And I've certainly not been able to make myself believe that extreme view Mm -hmm. either. So I don't don't know how to integrate them all either. But it is a fascinating... You know, you you dig open Romans eleven and uh, passages like this, and you're you're uh, there's some real challenges in that. So I don't know. Anyway, I don't. That may not be something interesting to people, but it is a it is an intriguing 
there is a there is an intriguing interaction in the Bible between that idea. Oh, for sure. So anyway, I think there is something still special about the nation of Israel, but I, I also think that that doesn't mean that the church is a fluke. Mm-hmm. I think we were part of the plan from the beginning, and so yeah, I always of, I think I always um, had the like the John ten um, John ten sixteen stuck in my head anytime somebody would talk about this mm. the sheep and, and I have other sheep that yep. are not of this fold yep I must um, get them also and they listen to my voice so they have one <laughs> flock one shepherd um it I don't I mean that's I understand that's mixing metaphors he he's he I don't yeah, know yeah it would help if Paul didn't mix metaphors well <laughs> I mean this is John talking oh okay uh, Jesus Sorry. talking with John recording recording um so I there, there's there's a lot of things going on, and I can. It's just been one of those things that I I feel very uh, okay with not being right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like okay, yeah. And I think you know one of the lines when you're saying like surely you know most people probably think that this is a one run replacement. At least in academia, you know part of the problem that arose was a lot of the material that was written on supersessionalism this idea again of of israel replacing being replaced by the church um came out of writings in the 40s and the 50s in academic publishings that were um probably rooted with a lot of anti-semitism yeah oh yeah it really was that really affected a lot of um scholarly writing during the time and so there there really is kind of a hard place of so is what they did good work with a bad motivation or was it a bad motivation that led to mm. bad conclusions? Mm-hmm. So, but I, I, I have to, again, similarly agree of whether we think, whether we know how it's going to play out or not, mm-hmm. um, Israel still obviously holds a, a clear and special promise from the Lord that yeah. he will, he will deal with them and he will deal with them faithfully. Yeah. And the good news is, that same promise has been extended to us. He will still deal with us faithfully. And mm-hmm. that was the point when back in, maybe cycling back to your sermon on Sunday, when you said, why, why do we want to be the judge? <laughs> like, well, where on earth do we think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, a, a good idea. No, no, no. We need to leave it to the one who actually knows how to do this. The one who's confident to be able to separate this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a hard enough time judging my own motives that's what that's what boggles my mind is i've learned more about myself is even looking back on my own life at times that i would have said at the time with a perfectly clear conscience looking you clearly in the eyes i what i'm doing here is what i believe is right i'm convicted that it's right i have a clear conscience my motives are pure and now i would look back and say yeah i don't think so mhm it mm-hmm. reminds me so when brendan manning wrote <clears throat> ragamuffin gospel and Abba's child and lion and lamb. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly what order it is, but he confesses in the second book that part of why he wrote the first book, which was all about how, Hey, as Christians, we don't need to be trying to get other people's approval. We need to recognize that part of why he wrote all that was because he wanted to get people's approval. Ooh. And so like, <laughs> that's just a, that's a very real thing that I think we as Christians deal with as he, and we can, we should be able to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because my 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 confidence isn't in myself, and I I love I mean it was, it was so cool this week to be reading through. I had not planned on doing the Job nineteen passage. I know my Redeemer lives, but I was reading mm-hmm. it out loud this week to Ginger and hit 
that verse and just thought, oh my gosh, I've never noticed that this is a this is a judgment passage about the resurrection and the fact that I'm, I don't have to answer to you, to you, my friends. Mm-hmm. In the end, now he's again, he's he's been answering them now for like seventeen chapters. Mm-hmm. But to go, you know what? The truth is, in the end, y'all, you you guys aren't my judge. Mm-hmm. I have a redeemer, and he lives, and he is who will bring me up, and he's who I will see face to face, and he's the one I will answer to. And I just, I think that's a. I will tell you as a, as a as an interactive. I, I know I'm just speaking or preaching on Sunday morning, and it's like mm-hmm. I, it's coming from me to the crowd. But I'm I'm receiving a lot back. These guys would tell you, like I I do a lot afterwards. Of like, oh gosh, I don't know if anyone heard that. Like I when I mentioned when I read through that passage and referenced it, I saw a lot of what I would call like lit up faces, as in mm-hmm. eyes rising up. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. This is my judge. I have a judge. And it's not whoever was in their head so far that morning. Yeah. It's not. Because we get that a lot. Yeah. It's not my parents. It's not my ex. It's not my spouse. It's not my kids. It's not my, I mean, all those matter, but they don't matter at the same level. And this idea of judgment is meant to, okay, so as married men, here's one of the things that, that revolutionized the way I was as a husband was the realization that that my wife isn't my judge in the end about mm, the kind of husband yep. that I am. Well, yeah. Now that you, you would go like, Oh gosh, that must make that. Does that make you a worse husband that you go? I don't answer to her. Like, no, no, no. not at all. When I realize It'd I don't answer be, to her. Yeah. Easier to answer to her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. As, as much as I would might not want to do that to recognize, no, no, I'm, I'm going to answer to the man, to the one who knows my heart and my mind and my motives. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. That doesn't again. It's not scary to me, but to recognize, oh wait, I have to get his his approval is the one I'm preferring, yeah. not hers, not mine, not the church's, not and 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 all those are good as a consequence. I think of the first one, and and of course this would not come as a surprise to nobody who's married. And I think my wife would tell you she has a be- has had a better husband since I realized that that I wasn't working for her approval. Um, which I think I had been doing for a long time and failing because then I needed her approval. Mm-hmm. And once I realized I didn't need to manipulate her into approving of me, right. that changed everything. Anyway. It's huge. Like, I feel like the judgment thing applies to everything. I it's not, I don't I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> um it's it's hard when we um I don't know. We it it, it this this past year has been um, a confirmation to me for a lot of different things. One of them is that we we need each other's voices in our lives, mm. and we feel that on a on a broken level. In the like, we 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 want approval from each other, right? For for everything, um, we want we want that. But but just because like that that side of it is wrong doesn't mean that we. Uh, that the the desire to have those voices in our lives, we need to have. This also year has also been a confirmation to me that I need to have other people's voices in my life telling me when I'm messing up. Right, of course, because you know it's real easy for me to justify my own stupidity. Yep, um, and I have friends and family members who are like, "Yeah, that's not going to go well. You need to stop." Cool. We uh, talked about 
at D now on the last uh, day, we were really talking about Andrew and Andrew's role as a um, witness that he was he was struck by the gospel or at least the Messiah, the presence of the Messiah, the Messiah was somebody he was already seeking as a disciple of John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And then immediately what he does when he is presented with this realization that Jesus is the Messiah is he, he invites, invites his brother. Yeah. Um, and it seems like in we, one of the points we had talked about, it seems like in Andrew, we have very little about him in scripture. Um, but one of the things that we do run into is when, whenever somebody doesn't know what to do and then that, then passes over into like, well, does Andrew know what to do? It's like, he doesn't know the answer, but he knows what to do. And the, and yeah. what to do is take him to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer, but I know the guy who does. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So let's just take him there. But, but in particular, what you, when you were commenting, it reminded me of a, a quote from Bonhoeffer that actually I ran across because Chris shared it with me um, years and years ago before I had actually read um, his Life book. Together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it says, but God has put his word into the mouth of men in order that it may be communicated to other men. And I think this is one of the big you know, proponents that we talked about of, for leaving the challenge with the students is you have this gospel. Yes. And this gospel is not meant to be hoarded and shared. And, I mean, hoarded and, and just kept to yourself. It's yeah. meant to be it's meant to be shared. And so God has willed that uh, he put his word in the mouth of men in order that it may be communicated to other men. Yeah. When one person is struck by the word, he speaks it to others. Mm. God has willed it that we should seek and find in his living word the witness of a brother and the mouth of a man. Therefore, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him. He needs him again and again Mm -hmm. when he becomes uncertain and discouraged. For by himself, he cannot help himself without belaying the truth. And I think that's, again, the same thing of how often by ourselves can we belay that truth with our wives or or with our work, or with all the right. other aspects of this. But no, he needs his brother, a man as a bearer and proclaimer of the divine word of salvation. He needs his brother solely because of Jesus Christ. The Christ in his own heart yes. is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. Yep. We're going to end it right there, because that's... <laughs> Thanks, Bonhoeffer. Yeah, be, yeah. be encouraged. Amen. <laughs>